welcome to this podcast, recorded live at the Junction Church, Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. This last couple of weeks, um, uh, just sort of running all over the place, Chaz and I were in uh, London. Uh, actually, uh, Becca, where's Becca? Becca was in London as well. We had the uh, Leaders' Summit um, uh, down uh, in, in London, and um, uh, we were down there. Uh, these guys were, I don't know where you were, though, but you were coming up as we, we were just sort of crossing pathways, etc. So it's been a really, really sort of just coming and going all the time. And, uh, but... Um, uh, I don't even know why I'm saying that. Actually, I do. What, what I'd like us to do, because tonight we're going to have a concert, uh, and I, I really would love you to come out, because there's going to be a party out on the street out there, uh, and when the lights get switched on, they've got um, uh, all sorts of stuff going out on the street, which is great fun. Uh, so let's enjoy the party, um, but um, once the lights get switched on and people walk up and down for about 20 minutes, it gets boring, right? So... Uh, so come inside, get some hot dogs, um, uh, come and get some hot dogs, and then uh, we're going to have an amazing time with, with Stephen Ainsley. But to, to keep it easy, what we would like to do is to bless them, we take a love offering to bless them, because these guys just travel, they don't, they don't say, oh, this, is, this is what it costs, etc. And you can imagine they're on the road now for, I don't know how many weeks, months probably, uh, across Europe, um, and they just, what they do is they buy a car somewhere, where did you get your car from this time? Well, we it, you borrowed it this time. <laughs> Last time they came, they, they bought a car in Portugal, which is like the biggest banger they could find, and they drove it through Europe, and it literally broke down, Having driven all up and down Europe, it broke down just at the bottom of our road. It's like it got, <laughs> the gearbox just dropped out the bottom. And, and uh, we thought about just getting them another car and then realised actually it was cheaper to repair the gearbox than it was to get a, a British car and insure it. Because yeah. uh, you can't, you, you, you just don't want to pay British insurance because they had Portuguese insurance, which is like you pay them money, you don't have an accident because they won't pay. But. <laughs> You can insure it, and it's legal, and that's all we care about. It's the legality of it, and uh, so, <laughs> which is why Portuguese money insurance is so cheap because they never pay out, and uh, so, uh, so that was so, so. You've now got a got a, a Dutch car, uh, and they've driven up, uh, driven up here, driven all uh, all over the UK, and they're going to be up uh, with us for a week up in Inverness. Uh, next weekend at our church up there uh, and uh, so I would like us to bless them uh, they, they live entirely by faith and, and they just go around they bless people to speak their testimony is so wonderful uh, and, and so so beautiful so real uh, and uh, so I would like us um, uh, we're going to take up a, a love offering for them um, and uh, Cheryl when should we do should we do that now or do that after to the end well, let's do it now. Okay, okay, let's do it now. If you want to, if you want to give by phone, um, we'll put the bank details on there. If you haven't already got those details in your phone, uh, you can do that. It takes about it's, it takes about twenty seconds, uh, and then all you have to write, just as long as you put love offering. 
Steve or, or love off Steve as long as uh, <laughs> love off Steve so Steve or, or just Steve uh, and, uh, and just do that as long as you do that so that we can identify that offering as against like a tithe if you give your tithes that way uh, that helps Miriam in the office and isn't it wonderful to have Miriam back home after three weeks Whee, where's she gone she's not even in here now She's back. That's because we've got her working. She was away for three weeks in Australia. And uh, so now she, she's got to go up there. We've locked her in the office. And uh, she's got to make up for the three weeks she was away. So, wonderful. Okay, I, I, want, to, uh, I want to move on as quickly as possible. Vision 19. Who's excited by Vision 19? Yeah. Wonderful. I, I hope you're, you're not really. You just say things like that. Um, we, we were discussing about the fact that we probably overuse the word excited. Do you feel like we do? We kind of excited. We need another word, right? Because it, it, excited is um, like, there's, I get, Christmas is exciting, right? Just before you get, that's exciting. But it's, so, oh, I'm, this, is, this is exciting. It's wonderful. It's, it's good, but I'm not sure it, you, we need, we need more words. <laughs> and uh, so, but it's so wonderful to, uh, to be able to share, so wonderful, so wonderful to share Vision 19 and what God is, is doing in the house. Uh, we launched Vision 18 last year, um, funnily enough, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, at the end of the year, and, and uh, it, we, we set a whole new tone, a new season for the church. It was the, it was the first in a, in a and a, and a new style and theme for the way that we've been launching our vision, uh, a lot more detailed and structured. So what I'm going to do for Vision 19 is do, just do a brief recap of what we said last year, because um, most of you can't remember and, and some of you weren't even here. Uh, and so what I, I just want to go over the recap, because what we said in Vision 18 is, is still relevant now, of course, because you don't have a vision for one year and then go, what should we think of for the next one? It's like, this is, this is church, and so we're, we're building a church uh, that will last for the next 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 100 years, and, uh, uh, and just building a church. You know what? Babies being born in this church now, they might still be in it here in a hundred years' time. It's possible, right? Yeah. It is now. I mean, it's possible. It's like they could, they could be, um, they, uh, um, your, your child could be a uh, little old lady, a little old man. They could be sitting there in a hundred years' time saying, I was in that service. And uh, don't remember it, though. And uh, <laughs> In fact, I don't remember anything. And uh, they... <laughs> <laughs> they, they, that's what they could be saying. And, uh, but uh, Vision 19 is, uh, is so we, we are declaring a vision which is very important for this church as we're going forward. So, Vision 18, we launched with this scripture, Joel chapter 2, verse 19. Then the Lord, the Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain, new wine, and oil, and will. And you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. And this scripture became for us like a, a song of redemption. It became like this, this very powerful time, um, particularly as in, towards the end of last year, the, the bite of the fuel economy, had uh, the, the economy on the oil crisis, had hit the city of Aberdeen quite strong. And, and God came and he spoke to me this scripture uh, and, and gave me such a clear vision. In fact... Um, I know I've said this many times, but it was a Sunday night when we were running Sunday night services. Uh, Heidi was leading worship, and I'd just come back from Inverness, uh, and I was standing 
for some reason I was standing over on the far side and I looked across and I looked at Heidi's face as she was leading worship and her face disappeared. Literally in front of my eyes, disappeared. And in front of it appeared like a TV screen. And uh, in the TV screen was a vision of the church as it was. So it's almost like I was looking in one of those mirrors that was like one of those things repeating itself. And I was looking in, in the vision, but in the, the vision of this, as she was leading worship, was a, was a surge of people worshipping. And we weren't just worshipping in this neat, very culturally sort of like reserved way that we tend to do in Britain, but people were just pushing forward in praise. And the place was crowded. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. That one vision changed everything in my life. It's literally changed the direction of the church because it, it opened up to me a revelation and understanding of what God was saying to us in, in ways that you can't imagine a vision would do. And it gave, he gave me this scripture... It says, I'm going to give you grain, new wine and oil. And, and I spoke about these three things which I, I felt the Lord. And I, I add the word new to grain and, and oil. So I changed the scripture slightly. Uh, and I spoke about new grain, new wine and new oil. That God has given us, uh, has given us a, a, a new word, a new ministry and a new anointing. And, and that is still relevant for today, that, for Vision 19. And, and so that, um, the, the, the grain... Uh, and the wine and the oil is something which we began to see, and I'll explain some of that stuff as I go on. But I, I want us to sort of say, out of that, we began to realize that there was a set culture that we, that we, we want to establish. And, and I really want to encourage you that as, you, as your heart settles into the house, and, and particularly if you've joined the church um, this year, that, that you begin to understand that you must align your heart with the vision and the culture of the church. Not just the vision, but the culture. And the culture is very important because the culture empowers you to live the vision. Does that understand you? So if if you've ever been to another country, you'll notice how the culture is different. With me here? The culture of that country is different. If you want to relate to the people, you've got to value the culture to relate to them. If If you disvalue the culture, then you never connect to them. So a church carries a culture, and it carries a culture because the culture is the language and the voice that the Holy Spirit has put within it to communicate that into this society. And every congregation has uh, a variation of that culture because every congregation has a unique and specific voice ministering into a city, ministering into a nation. Does that make sense? And so so when you give yourself... And and so I really encourage you. These are the three cultural highlights of our church. Number one, we're a presence culture. And I spoke about that last year. We're a presence culture. And one of a lot of the things that I spoke about last year, I'm going to be showing you how they've changed the church and changed my life in ways that I didn't understand when I was saying them. So I knew that God had spoken to us that we're presence culture, that the presence of God is, is one of the most important values as a church we have. And the reason for that is that his presence changes everything. Yeah. I spoke about how a school teacher, when he walks into a classroom, the school, the, the classroom behaves now to the value of the school teacher and not to the chaos of when he wasn't in the room. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit comes in the room, we change. Yeah. And this is what the presence, of, the presence of God, the presence of God, when he comes in, he restores, he brings the redemptive nature of Christ that we may become more like his children. 
I spoke about that in the summer, that he brings sonship, that we may understand who we fully are. A lot of people want the power of God, but you never get the power of God unless you understand the presence. See, the presence changes your life. We are presence culture church. This first, and we we want the worship, Lynn, the wonderful worship worship team. You were wonderful. You, you and and uh, we all came in, and we were still a slightly like having had those little mocktails. We were the the atmosphere was kind of like oh that was different. And it took a it took a it took a song longer to get into the presence of God than it normally does. <laughs> Didn't it? You noticed that. You noticed that too. I'm thinking, where is people? They're still thinking about the banana at the bottom of that green drink, are they? <laughs> but come that end song, the presence of God hit because people just kind of, they, they had regurgitated the banana and they were okay now. And, and they just kind of got into the presence of God and, and, and the presence of God came and just kind of, his presence suddenly brought us into what we're really here for. So we're presence culture. The second thing is we are worship culture. And worship, I spoke about in last year, Acts 15, how the, 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 this is the church, right? Acts 15, verse 16 says, After this I will return, I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, I will rebuild its ruins and set it up, so that the rest of mankind, the rest of mankind, so this whole, the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. And, uh, and I, you might find me later on in the year coming back to this again and again and again, because we need to understand that, that the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is for all people, the whole of the world, right? It's for all people. The message of hope, salvation, is for all people. I need you to understand this. He's for all people. He's not for some people. He hasn't chosen one or two people. He hasn't chosen some and not chosen others. The gospel is for all people because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Come on, I need you to understand this. God loves the world. And the tabernacle of David was incredible because for 40 years, David had a tabernacle where the mercy seat, the holy of holies, you could come to the mercy. There wasn't, a, there wasn't a veil that stopped you coming into the presence of God. There was a tabernacle down the road where they did all the sacrifices. That should have had the mercy seat, but it didn't. It had been stolen by the Philistines. David nicked it back, and instead of taking it back to Shiloh, the place where they normally had it, he set up his own tabernacle. And, and, in, and in setting up his own tabernacle, not according to the law, but according to the prophecy of what the church was supposed to look like, he set up the biggest worship team that's probably ever been set up ever in any church, anywhere, even by today's standards. And he had this extraordinary worship team, and you got to the presence of God by worship. For 40 years that went on. And then David, and then it was returned, and the whole thing went back to, to normal. It was like everyone goes, what, what, "What were we doing that for?" And they went back to the to the legal system. But when Jesus Christ came, He abolished the law. He abolished that system so that mankind, the all of mankind, can come into the mercy and the presence of God, come into the holy of holies without uh, the the legal paraphernalia and just by worship enter into his presence and see their lives transformed we are a worship culture that's why worship and music is one of the most music is the most powerful culture changer
procedure that has ever, we have ever known or seen. It's why God invented, created and put music within our hearts because it's the most powerful form of communicating a message, creating an atmosphere and bringing life into people. Amen? Alright, so we're a worship culture and we are building a house of unspoken grace. This is the last, this is the culture and I, I spoke about this message of unspoken grace and, and, and unspoken grace means this, in every culture there is a crisis. We may have noticed in today's society there is a crisis of identity. People don't know who they are and it, what's happening is they're not even allowed to know who they are now. You're not even, you're beginning to get to the point where you're not allowed to say to boys they're boys and girls they're girls. You're not allowed to say that because they haven't decided themselves yet. It's a crisis of identity. It's a madness of, of the culture of today's society. But here is unspoken grace. See, there is a grace for every crisis. And when last year I spoke of unspoken grace, I, I need you to understand this. I didn't know what the message was for that crisis. I had no idea what the message was. I just knew there was one. Because there's always a message of grace for every crisis of identity. How do you minister into that crisis? And, and the message is simply this. Love your neighbour... As you love yourself. Jesus also said, love others as I have loved you. That's going to be our message for 2019, by the way. Because that's a message of grace. I spoke last week, Augustine, the, one of the earliest theologians, a, a North African, uh, probably from, somewhere from Algeria, um, one of the great sort of early establishing theologians of the early church said this love then do what you will it, it, the most radical message because it, it, it flips your brain love then do what you will because out of love that changes everything yeah. we're going to love this city yeah. we're going to love this nation free with the, with the hatred with the anger with the frustration we're not going to we're not going to respond to any of that stuff we're not going to tell people they're wrong we're not going to tell people they're bad we're not going to tell people we're going to tell people that Jesus Christ loves them we're going to love them ourselves and the Holy Spirit is going to get on the inside of them and the love of God is going to transform them into a place of wholeness and redemption amen we're going to love them free because the love of God sets people free and no man has a right to place judgment or condemnation on another. We have no, we have not been called. I was reading this comment on Facebook uh, about a, another preacher. There's a, there's a, um, there's a preacher called Erwin um, McManus and, uh, from Mosaic Church and uh, somebody had written underneath, I don't think they preach the gospel. They, they don't preach the gospel because they don't preach uh, the righteousness of God. God hates sin and he hates sinners. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> he loves sinners. Yeah. And we're all sinners. Yeah. And how unbelievably arrogant that any man would assume that he is less of a sinner than somebody else. Yeah. 
We have been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, amen? And only by His grace have we the privilege of standing in His presence. And so it is with such joy and liberty that we are going to lead even those who are lost in in such despair and such brokenness. We are going to love them because the love of God is the light of the world. It is the light that sets people free. I'm ruining my vision message because I'm preaching again. That we are going to see a city and a nation saved with the love of God. It is going to, it's going to be the transforming message, of, of, not only of our church, but it's a transforming message which is sweeping the churches of this time because it's time for the church to rise with a positive voice in a negative atmosphere of what is the church's message to these conditions. This is the church's message. I love you. I love you. Well, what does that mean? You work it out. Because love transforms people, changes their mind, changes their values, changes their attitude, readjusts, realigns. It gives them power to be able to change and be whole because condemnation disempowers change. Disempowers. You take away people's ability to be transformed. Still remember, I'm preaching and I shouldn't be. All right. We spoke about new wine uh, which is the new ministries. We spoke about the new ministries which are being birthed in the church. Um, and uh, we spoke about... So some of those new ministries, um, we were hearing uh, down in, in London about Bang- Bangladesh. Um, we, we Neil, um, last year, where's Neil? Neil over there went to... Uh, uh, Bangladesh last year with um, Global Compassion, uh, our ministry, INC ministry that ministers in Europe. And uh, there, there he is with the kids. Uh, and we launched, um, the INC has, has launched to save, uh, how many children? about 80 kids, Neil? Was it, is it two children's uh, homes? Yeah, yeah. It's about 80 children, and so, um, and so they, they were sort of under threat, and so we've, we've been supporting children. Uh, some people have been given um, six, six pounds, was it? Um, it's 25 pounds a month, so some people have been, uh, been paying six pounds, 12 pounds, or, or the full 25 pounds to support a child per month. Um, the, together with INC, since we've started that, together with the I, other INC churches, we have managed to save all of those children, uh, and they are now secure at this point in time. Isn't that wonderful? Um, I literally only heard that yesterday. So that's, uh, I, we were still sort of, there were reports coming and going, so, but that is now secure. They are looking for another 10 children to be supported, and that would resolve that. So if anybody wants to give £25, or if you want to support half a child... <laughs> <laughs> I'll support their leg. We're going to be quarter of a child. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. So you can do that. Uh, and Bangladesh is a very complex uh, social uh, environment. Uh, housing is very, very expensive. Land is the same cost of land here, but the co- the, the the amount of wealth, etc., in the in the nation is very, very poor. So you can imagine the difficulty they have in supporting these children. So uh, we have those uh, ministries. Uh, dinner parties, we launched dinner parties last year. And we said that we were going to eat our way through 2018 and we're doing just that. It's a, it's a great time. But Jesus, um, Jesus was the, uh, his gospel it always included food. Uh, and uh, so I believe that we should eat our way through the next 20 years. I, I think we should just set that as a benchmark. 
um, that we should eat as much as possible. So we, we launched dinner parties, which are going extraordinarily well. Um, we, what we also spoke about doing is the junction... Uh, cafe and sensory area. Do we have a photo of the sensory area? This took a little... So this is the cafe that we uh, built um, down there, uh, got changed. And do we have a sensory area wall picture? We don't. Okay. So Christina has built... Anna Christina have built the sensory area wall. Um, much of that ministry is still to... Um, we, we built it because we want to create an atmosphere with people with... Um, uh, children with special needs, uh, particularly those with autism and uh, who struggle in cafe, um, normal cafe environments. We want to create a cafe, and I'm going to come on to what we're going to be doing in 2019 uh, to uh, to launch, uh, see those ministries. Uh, but a lot of that has already been achieved. Um, we spoke about Inverness. Do we have a picture of the Inverness Church uh, this time last year? Uh, yay! That looks way nicer there than in real life. Um, <laughs> Uh, so our vision, our church, uh, Junction Church in Vines, have moved in and they have finished phase one. So that's exciting, isn't it? We spoke about they might move in, they might not. They finished, they moved in, they finished. And the only thing they need to, they, we've literally just signed, signed the uh, paperwork uh, to get the, uh, for British Gas to come in and fit the, fit the new heating system because they don't actually have any heating in the building and they just have lots and lots of electric heaters, which is a nightmare. So uh, that which will also save them a fortune in electricity. So Inverness Church has moved in. Uh, the big one, City Hearts. So City Hearts, we launched City Hearts and we spoke about, uh, we spoke about the, the prophecy. Heidi received a prophecy when she was about 15 or 16 from Pastor Bev Dales, who was uh, one of the uh, Bev and Kev Dales, where the one sort of the fathers of I, uh, the INC was COC movement. Um, uh, for, and trained Pastor Ashley and, and they also trained me and Cheryl in our ministry school uh, and she came over and she prophesied over Heidi when she was a teenager said she would lead women out of dark places and then Ginny Gilpin came up to her about two years ago now uh, and said I believe God's called you uh, to launch um, City Hearts in Aberdeen um, and uh, so this, listen, listen to what I said uh, this time last year this is why I said at Vision I didn't know I said this because I was just going over my notes and it blew me away. This is what we said this time last year. I believe we can purchase a six-bedroom house. I don't know how yet. I believe God will give us strategic men and women who will come and work with Heidi to purchase this house. How extraordinary is that? For those of you who don't know, God gave us the connection of men and women who joined together um, of people from England who came along and said... We'll buy the house for you. We've got cash. <laughs> and so we, we came to agreement with these people. And it was, all, it was all just like, just a few phone calls here, a few phone calls there. Um, how's it going? Yeah, this, yeah, that's all right. Fine. It's okay. We'll buy the house then. They turned up, put the offer, offer accepted, house purchase. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> Eleven bedrooms. Yeah. I remember standing here saying, I believe. And inside, I'm thinking, I don't know how. <laughs> it is amazing how when you begin to speak things out, yeah. you determine in your heart. Yeah. I spoke about how there is an, a new anointing oil that is in the house. Um, it says in Isaiah 10, 27, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. 
You know, and the, the anointing brings things that you don't realize um, that are going to happen. In, in 2018, um, we have seen an impartation of um, vision. We've seen, a, uh, we've seen an impartation to, to change. And that vision, that anointing has brought out ministries that we didn't strategically plan, but God brought them out anyway. And I'm going to speak about some of those. Um, I want to give you a scripture on top of Joel 2.19. This is, this is what the Lord spoke to us for, for 2019. And it came, it came to me um, as we were in prayer. And as the Lord tends to do, I, I don't know about you, but when you're asking God for an answer, you don't get one, right? Because he doesn't talk to you like that. He talks to you when your heart is in a place of receptivity. And when you're asking, you're generally not in a great attitude because you're a bit desperate. Uh, and a bit frustrated, you're kind of a little bit in yourself. But, but when your heart is soft and you just get into a place of settling it and like, I'm not asking for anything, I'm just going to worship you, then God seems to turn up. And he, and he put this scripture in my heart, Joel 3, 13. Put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe. Come, go down for the wine press is full, the vats overflow for the wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And I believe that this prophetic scripture speaking is one of those scriptures. Some prophecies in the Old Testament have a way of stretching out over different time zones and different events. And I believe the Lord has given this as a scripture because this generation is going, is, is in a place where there is a valley of decision. And I believe that, that God has put within our heart to build a church where in every environment, every context, we have this principle in this context, this, this, this value that we will seek to bring the love of God into the hearts of people that we may move them one step closer to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we've got that. I don't know whether it's the right time to do that on the thing. Can, can we put that graph up? This is, what the, this is what the Lord has really been speaking to me about how we should look at our lives. So it is the graph of moving. It's one step. That's, that's what it's called, Gabby. Is it one step? One step closer. Here. Now, look at this. I want you to think about this in terms of our own life. Minus 10 is somebody who just doesn't know Jesus. They've got, they've got no knowledge of God at all. Uh, and we live in a... A lot of people say we live in a post-Christian world. I believe we live in a pre-Christian world. A lot of people have got no concept of the gospel at all. Never even heard it. Jesus Christ meeting them in the middle. And plus 10 is... Um, Plus 10 is people like Jim, right? So, <laughs> just full of God and wisdom and, and just the love of God. So, so, we want people, we want to move people one step. The mistake that a lot of people make is that they, they're trying to meet someone who's minus 10 and trying to bring them to Jesus in one step, which is, which is often too difficult to get around their mind, right? Jesus had his disciples and they didn't even believe he was the son of God until the end of three years. They liked him. They believed in him. They believed in his miracles. They stood with him through all that stuff but it took them three years to really work it out. With me here? He took them a step at a time. The church, I believe, we should have a church that simply is moving people one step closer to Jesus, right? Just one step. If you can share your faith and love, you can move someone one step. Now, the enemy might push them back a step, but you can come along and help them back again one more step. 
So we want to move people. Once people get saved, we want to move them one step. And the whole process of the church and the discipleship, we have something called uh, discipleship pathway, which is helping people to take that next step. And the next step is a really important process. We have something called Discover, which I really encourage you. If you've never done Discover, come and do it. We, often, we have it uh, after church on a Sunday. Uh, it runs in seasons. Um, so we have next step, the next step for, for many people is Discover. Uh, and then we have, um, uh, what do we have? We have, yeah, Grow. So that's Firm Foundation. So we have Discover. And then we step from Discover to, to Grow. And Grow is Firm Foundations. It's, uh, it's dinner parties. It's stepping into the life of the church where you can begin to, to grow and, 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 uh, and work with him. And then the next step is Build. And that's becoming part of team. And becoming part of team is a really important part of the life of church. And it's important because you'll never fully understand the value of who you are unless you're part of team. Yeah. Ministry is team, it's not me. Yeah. Lord, you, you don't have a ministry. I don't have a ministry. It's not, it's not, we, we've got to get away from the, my ministry. We don't have a ministry, we have a church. It is the body of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. And we are part of that and we can only minister if we're part of team. Yeah. And there's many functions in team, and we all do team in different... Uh, we can do a bit of team here and a bit of team there. You can be on a team for a while and, and then get on another team for another while and just constantly blessing the body. I don't, we don't care what team you're part of as, as, long, as, you're, as long as you're helping build. And so it's, it's, it's like discover, grow, build, and then the next step along the way is lead. And lead is about leadership of your own life, the values of your own life. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, we've created these steps, discover grow, build, lead. But the reality of life is you don't do them in that order all the time. Yeah. You, you, you discover and, and you grow and then you discover. And, and, but you're already on team before you grew and, and uh, you learnt leadership values before all of those. And, and, and so that's how the nature... But to help explain it, put it, we put it in a linear kind of process so you understand there is a process in which we can help people move along those next steps. So one step closer is a value principle that we want people to carry in their hearts. All I need to do is love someone one step closer to Jesus Christ. How about that? I just really believe that that is a really important part and value of the church. Um, We are launching uh, something called interest groups. It's not the most exciting name in the world, Uh, but I think it's interesting. (laughs) <laughs> no, nah. so so we're launching something called interest groups. If we can uh, just, but I don't know if we've got a, a tag for that. Oh, look, that's interesting. Uh, so I haven't seen the graphics, by the way. I, I, I haven't seen the graphics. I have no idea. I've just uh, so uh, interest groups are groups that um, where people just want to. They you learn the love of God in the context of doing life. There are lots of things. It would be foolish to have church without doing life. Because you get to the end of your life and go, I didn't do anything. It's a big world out there. And there's lots to do. Let's... We are the church. Let's not do church. Let's be church. And let's be church in our 
passions and the things we love doing. Uh, that, and we've already started this uh, interest group. So, uh, Tucky, give, uh, Tucky, give us a wave. Uh, he doesn't even know this because I've not even had this discussion with him. He's got an interest group. He just doesn't know he's got one. <laughs> Uh, and his interest group is, uh, uh, he's running exercises here, uh, stuff, and he didn't even know it's anything to do with the church. We just said he could use the room, and then we go, right, we've got an interest group. It's a trick, right? So you signed up, and you're in front of everyone, you can't say anything. So... <laughs> So, but interest groups are simply this. They, they are the thing that you love doing. And we encourage you, if there are things you love doing in life which are exciting, and they're moral, and they're not illegal, <laughs> we would love you to be able to do them uh, and invite your friends. The only thing that we would ask that is that, number one, you, you have the heart of God within you for people, that you, you, you do it for the interest, but you do it because you love people, uh, and you don't do it on Sundays. <laughs> or you can do it Sunday afternoons, right? But, but don't do it when people, um, we're meant to be together, otherwise it, it defeats the purpose of building, building the house. But it, it, here's, here's one of the things that, so Christians are famous for doing this, right? Let, let's, let's put it on an interest group where people can come along, and then we get them saved. Not really an interest group, but it's a trick, isn't it? It's a trick. Let's not trick. Let's just live life. Jesus saves them when we love them. And the love of God comes through into the heart. So I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people who are in this house who didn't even know it was a church, who go, this is a church? Yeah. Do you want to come along? I'd love to come along. Gospel, Jesus, he has a habit of coming in the back door. Let's, let's, uh, let's make sure what our responsibility is making sure the back door is unlocked. And so that's what we're here to do. Create an interest groups is simply that. Uh, and what's the worst could happen? You could have a great time. <laughs> and you can, run it for, you can run it for three weeks. You can run it seasonally. You can do whatever you like. Uh, it doesn't even require leadership training. All right? Uh, but it will train you in leadership. So... <laughs> So interest groups is a, is a very, it's a very low level, but it's lots of fun and lots of excitement, and we'd encourage you to, uh, to get involved. My brother was saying that in his, his church down south, they, they have over um, 80 pages within their glossy magazine in their church. To be fair, they've got thousands in the church. So um, they have 80 pages of interest groups. He says uh, they have four wine-tasting groups, and you can never get in them because they're always sold out. And go... <laughs> says what kind of church that is right there <laughs> so so we got interest groups um, we're doing something called 150 uh, 150 is part of our process of helping those who love Jesus to step more closer toward God here's the thing many people they want to pray more they want to know the word of God more they don't know how to find the time. And they've also found that when they do try and do those things, they only do them for a little while before they get busy. And then they get disappointed with themselves. So they decided not to bother doing it again. Because if you try and say you do it again, you'll only disappoint yourself because you didn't do it the last time. You know what? It's like going on a diet. And you go on enough diets and then you go, yeah, I'm not going to go on a diet again because I don't want to tell myself I'm going on a diet only to fail doing it. You know what I mean by that? So, so, so 150 um, 
150 is the uh, Psalms. And what we're going to do uh, is uh, we're still working out how to, how to put the platform together. But we want people to be able to read the Psalms, um, uh, re- read through the, the, the book of Psalms, to study, just read it, journal it, write down. I want to encourage you to write as much as you can. Uh, and also to share. And so I think most people, I use my phone and my, and my, um, my uh, iPad uh, for most of my, probably 90% of my study. Um, and I use uh, my Bible uh, when I feel like I'm not saved enough. And, uh, uh, and uh, so, um, and, and we use it, but some people like to use the Bibles and they also use, like to use notepads. Uh, did we, we said we would buy notepads, didn't we? So those of you who want to um, buy notepads, we're, we're going to get these notepads in so that you can journal some of this stuff. But here's the deal. On the one day, you can only do this if you promise me you can sign up for this because you'll get the scriptures. We'll send them out to you. Uh, but you can only promise to do this if, you're, if you promise me this. Number one. You'll read as much as you can, but you won't judge yourself for not reading it at all. Alright? You'll read as much as you can, but you won't judge yourself for not reading it at all. Because if you judge yourself, you won't read it the next day. And if you don't read it one day, we really want you to read it the next day. Here's the thing. You might only have time to read two or three verses while you're sitting on the bus. But two or three verses is good if you can get a word from God. Is that two or three verses... Is it, you really only need one verse, really, to get one word. Mm-hmm. And that word we can carry you. Yeah. Yeah. More than a day, it might carry you a week, a month. You know, who knows? And particularly if you write, write it down, just write down. So you read the scripture. Read a bit of the scripture. Read, you, read, read a verse. Write it down. Journal it. Just say, this is what I got. You may just want to share that with, with some of your friends. Like, some people love to share everything. Other people wished you didn't. Um, <laughs> it's the way we are, right? Isn't it? It's the way we are. So, somebody, it's like so. But if you if you want to share it, um, we'll we'll say yay. And uh, so, if you want to share it, in, encourage you to share it as well, and and encourage one another. Because here's the thing, right? You can share it, but um, also to to focus it specifically on and and share it and share it and and even ask God who you might share it to. Your faith grows because having those personal one-on-one conversations with people is very powerful, encouraging people. I spoke last year in the Vision 19 that what we said we would do is I wanted this church to be a ministering church. It's part of the, it's part of the new ministry. And you're, I want you to minister one another. And uh, we have seen that the congregation is ministering one to another, bringing words of wisdom, life, counsel to each other at an, ex- at an accelerated rate. And we've seen a lot of that. Uh, so we really encourage you to get the Word of God in your heart and grow in it. And, and I really love you to read all of the book of Psalms. Cheryl's grandfather could recite the Psalms 119 off by heart. And uh, I always felt very unsaved when I was near him. And, uh, uh, but it was like, he, that was, uh, that was uh, in an age when people recited and, and memorized that stuff. And, and that is it's a good thing. If you can get into that discipline, and I encourage you, if you can do all of that study, then, then set it as a benchmark for your life. Don't, don't go for the least, but I encourage you, because I know that a lot of people are just not reading anything. A lot of people just don't read anything. And then they get to the end of the week and feel, wonder why they feel dry. I, I want to encourage you to read something. 
just just that because the more you read the, the more you want to read and it helps break those cycles and gets you into a healthier place amen uh, so 150 is what we're devoted has already been launched how wonderful is this see devoted is a ministry that was birthed um, and uh, yes you're showing me the time yeah uh, so uh, devoted is a ministry that has been launched um, and uh, for the ladies, and it's a really important ministry, this is birthed out of the new wine that is flowing in the church, and it came uh, prophetically. Um, Cheryl uh, was speaking to uh, Kat and Kim, uh, and, uh, and out of it came, we, we need to be, um, out of what came out of our hearts, we need to do devoted, and there is an amazing ladies' chat, uh, and that is just really, really uh, powerful. Men's Overwatch, um, is uh, men, uh, Men's Overwatch operates out of Men's Camp. We run Men's Camp every year. And out of Men's Camp, a number of um, other ministries. Also, uh, interest group, uh, Men's Camp Out. Uh, so we've, there's, a, there's a men's group called Men's Camp Out. Most of us don't go. Most of us just get the chat and go, <laughs> and, uh, so. But some of the men do camp out. They're the, they're the tough ones. People like Tucky and, and Lee. Lee's um, unwell, actually, isn't it? So, Kim, we're going to be praying for uh, Kim and Lee. Uh, so they're taking over uh, the uh, kids' church, which is exciting. Yeah. And uh, come on, let's appreciate Kim. And uh, that... The official handover is, is, is in January, and uh, so that's uh, really exciting. We're going to uh, pray for them. So uh, something else that was launched this year that we didn't expect to happen, uh, Prayer House. Um, Prayer House is where a lot of the ministry to one another has been happening, and Prayer House is really, really special. And it's special because it's the way in which we pray, the context in which we pray changes the atmosphere. And, and what we do is we simply, we just put a few curtains up around here. It's a very, it makes it a very intimate space. We turn the lights down even darker, right? I know some of you can't cope with it being dark, but it's, uh, it helps people who, who feel intimidated by the space. And so, and so people come around and, and, we just, and we pull it all in. Uh, and we just have an open space and we just sit like in a semicircle um, and the music and we have uh, we just have acoustic guitar and we worship Jesus and the presence of God begins to minister and God really begins to touch and change people's lives and it has been transformational in people's lives it's been beautiful and it's knitted and united people that haven't that um, uh, wouldn't normally sort of paths wouldn't normally meet grandmothers uh, are ministering to teenagers uh, and uh, it's one of the most beautiful things in the house and, and, and to me that's church isn't it yeah. uh, and, and uh, people it's family of God being knitted together um, we're going to have on the back of that I want you to, uh, next year so December prayer house won't happen over December because we want to make you desperate so <laughs> uh, so prayer house won't happen over, de- over December um, as we're because of this one simple reason, we we got, want to encourage everyone over December um, that for you to just get out and meet out with your friends on Sunday nights, Sunday afternoons, Sunday nights. Meet out with your friends who don't go to church. Have dinner with them. Uh, meet up with them. Invite them to the carol service. Can we do that? Cheryl and, I, Cheryl and I were out at a friend's house. We haven't seen them for 10 years because uh, Sunday's generally the only day and we work Sundays, right? So, and so we haven't seen them. We're sitting down and we're chatting. We're chatting about church and all I want to say is come, come back with us. And so, but we had to sort of rush off and it's that stage. So, um, so we, we've made plans to make sure we can get back and spend time with them and some of our other friends who, who don't go to church and we want them to come to a carol service which is our biggest 
uh, unchurched event of the year. So I really encourage you to do that. Let's, let's just invite the city. Amen? Yeah. Uh, so, but after that, in January, from the 11th to the 13th, we're launching communion prayer nights. And we've got three nights of prayer. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Uh, finishing on Sunday night on the 11th to 13th of January. Now, with all of that, we've got dinner parties. We've got new dinner parties launching. Uh, we're also going to be doing something called training nights. You can see we put a lot of thought into the titles. Um, <laughs> And to make them give them a little zing. Uh, and because uh, uh, <laughs> we think that a title makes it work, right? So, training nights. And uh, so, training nights. Um, training nights are. Uh, I spoke about how do you get from someone from step one, minus ten, to minus nine? How do, you, how do you move them one step? And I was chatting away to Neil and Robin, and Neil goes, You know, that's what everybody else wants to know. We, we need to train people. Neil, you're a genius. So. <laughs> Uh, so um, it's like, oh yeah. So what we're going to be doing uh, is is putting chair, uh, training nights, and we're going to be having in the church on Wednesday nights. We're going to have regular training nights through through the year. Some of them will run for three weeks, some for eight weeks, uh, and we're going to be doing things like sharing your faith, breaking fear and strongholds, understanding leadership, how to do family and and uh, marriage. We could go to that one, and uh, we we go. And how to do all of those things. But any number, we're going to be doing a number of different things. Uh, training nights, uh, understanding, uh, understanding the flow in the life of the Holy Spirit and how to minister in, in a context of a secular context. How, how to minister that life. Because that's important, right? And so we're understanding the Holy Spirit is with us in all contexts. Not just in a meeting where there's worship and guitars and sound and lights. But the Holy Spirit is with us on an everyday basis. And he's there that we can minister liberty and freedom and set people free. And so we want to encourage people. So we're going to be doing uh, training, training nights. We're also going to be getting some great men uh, and women of God up who are really, really good at doing those things. Uh, and so they're going to be coming up uh, and teaching the church. We're going to be bringing in uh, people who've got evangelistic gifts uh, and teaching people so that how do we, how do we share our faith. Um, I just want to speak by this. Uh, this is being a. Uh, this is being the kind of a statement. I was trying to summarise what it is we do. I, I don't think I've got the wording just perfect, right? But if I could define it, I'd define it like this: the Junction Church. We love our nation, and we love every single person that's in it. Yeah. This is who we are. We love our city. We love our nation and we love everyone in it. We want to celebrate people's lives and we want to intentionally fill them with laughter, with joy, with purpose and with direction. That's what we want. Intentionally fill them with laughter, joy, direction and purpose. And we want to create a church that values every generation values family and that we always live young that we set people's lives free in heart in life and in action that is what we're called to do amen and uh, I, I I want us to build a church that is radically new radically loves radically changes people's lives 
that we break every religious stupidity that comes with legalism and we set it free with the miracle word of God Jesus came says I, I give you one commandment and he gave us one the law of grace has got one commandment isn't that amazing Old Testament at 600 odd we've got one but that one commandment changes everything it, it sets a moral code way higher it sets a it's this direction because it's driven by love and not by legalism. That yeah. yeah. we should love mm-hmm. others the way he has loved us. Yeah. How extraordinary. How life-changing. How miraculous is that? I wonder if I might learn how to love like he loves. Yeah. I wonder if we could fill this building with people who come in and just say, I felt so loved. Yeah. Yeah. Never felt loved before. I wonder if I... I, I want next year, I, um, I don't know whether next year, actually, I, I'd like Lillian at some point to come and give her testimony. Lillian is, is the church's grandmother, and uh, she's been grandmother to our, our kids, and um, she's been uh, like a, a mum and grandmother to many of the young adults, and is still ministering today. She's been with us for, uh, since we planted the church, and um, her story is extraordinary. The, the story of how she has loved those who've been at the centre of her own brokenness, and she has loved them into the kingdom of God and set them free. I honestly, I share Lillian's testimony everywhere I go around the world, and people cry when I tell them. It, it's so powerful, and so I, I, I want you to, as she shared it, uh, it's, I think it devoted, I'd love you, Lillian, to be able to share it as well, because that, that testimony is, is the story of what this church is, who, who we are as a church, and uh, I want that to be our record I think if we could ever leave a legacy it would be that we loved our nation amen 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 please stand up let's just thank the Lord oh I forgot the most important thing (laughs) I I set up I got so excited Cheryl just told me right Um, we are not changing the leadership structure of the church but we are we are Affirming it, we're um, setting up. So this is how the leadership of the church is working. Chaz and Heidi uh, have been working as my assistants now for the last two years, just quietly working in the background, doing leadership, and they've been part of the core team for the two-year period. Uh, and they didn't know, but they were being tested <laughs> and evaluated uh, and being talked about. Uh, with uh, national oversight for their purpose and for their... Uh, and uh, this couple is amazing. They are um, uh, they just carry a, a depth and a weight of leadership. And um, So next week, Pastor Julian is coming. Uh, he said he wants to come and lay hands on Chaz, set him aside and, and hide, Chaz and Heidi, and set them aside as our assistant pastors. Now, I want you to understand what that means. In the church core team, we have James and Laura, Chaz and Heidi, and Owen and Kate. James and Laura are our congregational pastors. They're your congregational pastors. They take care of the pastoral needs of this church on a congregational level. Owen and Kate do exactly the same in Inverness. Chaz and Heidi, what they do uh, is they work as my assistants. Uh, They help to communicate the language 
uh, and the vision between James and Laura, Owen and Kate, and they help to bring the structure and the vision uh, of of the church together. Uh, and so there is a there's set roles. Uh, there are kind of set roles, but it's church, right? So everybody mucks in. So uh, and this is important because my, Cheryl and I have a very important apostolic responsibility to a lot of other churches and we spend travel and we minister to pastors and leaders uh, and also I carry a lot of responsibility uh, to bring the vision and the life and the ministry of the church and, and to do that uh, I need to be able to download to someone I used to download to Pastor Andrew and then he went off and planted a church I mean how did that happen <laughs> so uh, and actually, for a number of years, I would talk to James, and I would and we'd talk about it, and we'd talk about James, like, how's how's this going to work? Like, where's where's the where's the um, person that's going to I can download to? And and uh, and we talked and we prayed it through for years, didn't we? It was just like it was it was a, a continual conversation. Uh, and then I remember James having this conversation. He, he said to me some years ago, he said, "Do you think Chaz could?" I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't that I didn't think he could do the job. It was that he was family. And not that he was family. No, let me say that he was still very young. And I'm a lot older, and I was used to downloading to someone who was more my kind of level. You know, because there's a... When, you're, when someone's your assistant, there's a, there become, the vulnerability comes to me. Because they then see my weakness, and I didn't want him to see that. <laughs> he just pretends not to see it now. <laughs> but I knew that within his heart that we've got no final leaders. That, that they, and honestly, uh, we went down to London uh, to the conference. Um, Jeff Blight, who's got an extraordinary church in Australia, was ministering. He picked Chaz out, picked him out from the whole crowd. All the people picked him out. And had Chaz sitting next to him the whole conference. Had, and you know, just talking about it. And I could see, I didn't know whether you were watching. I was watching this. He came to talk to me, but he didn't want to talk to me. He wanted to talk to Chaz. <laughs> and I'm looking at him thinking, you can't have him. He's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so it is now time for us to get to that point. We've laid hands on a n- number of people to, to step into ministry. Uh, and it's now my pleasure to be able to do that for my own children. Uh, and to lay hands on Chaz and Heidi and, and everything that they carry. Heidi, you're an extraordinary woman of great, of great wisdom and courage, like fierce lion that just keeps going. And, and, uh, and together they, they carry a heart and they carry a heartbeat and they, they know how to help me when I get so visionary I forget that there's people around me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and they help make sense of that. Chaz has the memory of an elephant. Uh, he forgets nothing. Uh, and uh, he'll say to me, you said in 2015. You mean I said in 2015? 2015 doesn't exist anymore in my mind. He said, he said, this is the vision. He says, how do we make sure we align it? He helps me keep track of everything that I've said and done. So that what I'm, when I'm going forward, I'm still on the train track and haven't wandered off somewhere uh, they have they've been so so uh, so powerful and so when we lay hands on them this isn't a, this is a new role they've been doing this for the last two years but this is now just putting honor where honor is due 
uh, and the recognition of the ministry role. Uh, and I'm doing this quick because Julian wanted to take them so they could plant a church somewhere. And uh, <laughs> that is not going to happen. <laughs> I might regret saying that as well. But I mean, so, uh, yeah, so that's exciting, isn't it, church? And, and I, I, I so love and appreciate, I appreciate that you have stood with us and, and stood with the development of the church. So, um, Cheryl, will you come up with me here and... Um, Let's, um, let's pray together, shall we? And let's... Thanks for joining with us. For more information about events, service times, and how to connect with us, visit www.thejunctionchurch.com.